all good things come to a swift end. No! Here on The Native Immigrants. It's been the end of uh, a chapter in our lives, Jojo B. Yes. A chapter that we'd like to call the appropriately titled Month of Love. Yeah. Although there is another month of love next year. Uh, yes. Every September is a month of love. Every September so going forward will be the month of love. Is it really the end? Is there a sequel? Part two. Yeah. The sequels are never really as good as the first ones. They, and they're a bit, sometimes a bit more action-packed and you might have a few more guest appearances and stuff. There's but. a lie though. We love Star Wars. We love Lord of the Rings. The sequels are better than the first true, ones. True, true. So you just never know. You just, yeah, you do just never know. We've got a whole year to obviously plan the next month of love. We do, which means that we'll probably plan it the week before. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, like we've done basically in every single show so far in this month of love. No, we, seriously, we, we've uh, we've thought about this meticulously and how we wanted to craft this particular month. We did, we did. This was our mini series. Yes. We even had new music and everything. Yeah, indeed. It, we, we dedicated like a lot of time, effort and expertise into ensuring this month of love gave justice to the word love. Yeah. And in that way, I feel it's delivered. I being Swami Barakas and I'm joined by my co-host Jojo underscore B. Yes, because we haven't, we've started the show, we haven't even introduced ourselves yeah. because that's how excited we've been about the month of love. Excitement, but also a sense of, you know, a, a tinge of sadness as well. I don't like, want it to end. I, you know, you've said this continuously every single week and I kind of, I agree to a certain extent that it's been a real refreshing change from our usually um, scheduled broadcast. Yeah, it's been it's been really nice to do a deep dive into a subject. It's not just about the wide ranging subject of love. We've we've focused on searching for love. Yeah. What dating is like. Yeah. You know, at various aspects with different things that have happened in your lives and understanding what actually makes dating successful. Yep. And what makes it really unsuccessful. Mm. Um, and it has been a real eye opener because we haven't dated. I mean, we've been together for we nearly... We haven't dated. We just, got, we just met and got married the next day. No, yeah? what I was going to say, we haven't dated for a long time because we've been together for... It'll be 10 years in January. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, well, he, I say January, he says February. We can't decide when we actually got together. Listen back on the show from the archives to wonder <laughs> why we're talking what we're talking about there in that specific uh, well, we don't know point. when we got together because we had uh, we were friends and we had blurred lines but like we haven't dated for a long time mm. so we have no idea and the world of dating has changed so much in that 10 years like, yeah there's like internet and all sorts since we dated well basically i mean like internet dating was just like being a thing then it was still a massive thing yeah, shadley.com was there and we knew about it but we also knew that like to be fair, when I when I first kind of got into like dating stuff, like speed dating was still a massive thing. Yeah, was exactly. It, it, Remember those padlock people, parties? Padlock that... parties. Oh, <laughs> fuck's sake, yeah. You know, like key parties, put, put them in a fishbowl and stuff and move on. But like, no, but like speed dating like was like the big way to meet people. Like internet was like, yeah, fair enough. A few people dabbled in the internet. But like physically going to these like mass events organized by you know, all the kind of hip, trendy South Asian people in, in London yeah. was like the big way of meeting new people. Yeah. And like the internet since that point, obviously, it's it's pretty much monopolized the way to meet people now. Yeah. I don't even, do people still go to like, 
those kind of events? Well, I have no idea. Well, yeah, we should have probably asked. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, none of the people we spoke to mentioned them, so I'm <laughs> well, guessing so that they don't. No, no longer a thing. But Maybe yeah, we should bring them back. But like, the, the internet was one of those things that, I mean, if you got you went online dating, it was kind of like a last resort because you couldn't find anyone in like the real world, like just <laughs> out and about. Yeah. And now... The it's real the, world is the internet world. Yeah, and now it's just like, what? You meet people in the real world? That's weird. Like, it, the, it's just flipped. Yeah, completely. And so we live in a different world and we wanted to know more about it. And we discovered a lot. Well, I think the essence of this show, the finale, our final episode of the month of love uh, this year, was initially to kind of look at it almost like a, a retrospective of the shows that have happened in the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and in essence, we, there will be elements of that. But I think for us, it's more about what we've learnt yeah. over the course of those four episodes. Each one of them very different. It was great that we had uh, a variety of guests, um, but the, the subjects that we tackled with, you know, the you know, in terms of our compatibilities and, and those things in the first episode, mm. our relationship, and then the world of online dating, and then looking at matchmaking, and then looking at love after divorce. They, these are all things that encompass our community specifically. Yeah. And a lot of these things we haven't ever really experienced and we haven't been a part of that world almost in a way because we've been isolated away in this kind of married life not having to think about or worry about those things yeah little but, bubble yeah but these things are fortunately and unfortunately depending on your experience is something that everyone that we know is going through uh, and having to kind of go through and ride that storm yeah and so it was a chance for us to learn what it's like for people searching for love. Yeah, we want to have the empathy. We want to understand the trials and tribulations so that we can actually, when our friends come to us and they tell us how shit it is out there or how great it is potentially. But, you know, when they come to us with their stories, we can empathise with them beyond what our experiences were 10 years ago. <laughs> I, don't think empathize, I think empathize is a bit of a strong word because that's, that makes us sound a little bit more ignorant to, to what it's actually like. I think, I think it's more about, for us, gaining a sense of knowledge you know, an understanding of, of self as well at the same time. What I found the most interesting out of all of this was actually we picked, each week was very different. We had four different subjects that we talked we talked about and talked for different sets of shows with different sets of people in them. But there were so many commonalities in the things that they said. Yes, for sure. There was a lot of crossover with the things that they brought up in terms of the search for love, whether that's when you're actively searching and you're in the middle of it and you're kind of sick of being in the middle of it or you're trying to set somebody up or you're trying to get somebody to understand who they are mm. or if you have already been through the ringer once before and now you're divorced and trying to get on with your life and, and find love beyond divorce. There were so many common threads between all of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was a real eye-opener. There was indeed a lot of common threads. And I think this is our time to start looking at these shows and finding out exactly what we learnt from each discussion. Yes, so I think so. The very first one was with Cool Deep when we were discussing relationship strengths. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The one great thing about these shows, just in general, before we go into them, is the fact that a lot of these people are our actual friends yes so most of our guests that have been on our shows for the past 
two seasons? When did we start guests? Maybe three seasons now from when we first started introducing guests to the show. It's been prominent members of the South Asian community. People we admire. In the arts or in sport or yeah. in TV, you know, all these different platforms and mediums. Yeah, people we're fans of, that we respect, that we, yeah, really admire. You would have heard, people have heard, would have heard those shows. Yes, well, you should have done. Well, exactly. Um, but with these shows specifically when discussing love, it's easy to kind of get in, you know, like love spurts, which are <laughs> love spurts. If you if you listen to that show, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about here. Or you know, people people who like you know are supposed experts on you know like love and all these kind of things. Yeah, love, sex, dating, whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but it's it was nice for us to talk to people that we knew. Uh, gave them a chance to get their voices heard as well on this massive, amazing. We show. offered them a platform. Offered we did them, them a favor. Well, we did. <laughs> um, you know, we absolutely did, fam. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, when you're on this show and on the month of love, the very first month of love that we've celebrated, mm. that's something that they can put on their respective CVs and um, you know, you know, on I'm their sure Twitter, they will. on the Twitter handles and stuff. Um, on the LinkedIn. On the LinkedIn. Twitter, you know, LinkedIn. On the bits that they've done. Yeah, exactly. Um, <gasps> no, you know, it, it gave us a chance to have the, the conversations that we've had with these guys in person and yeah. in, you know, in our social lives. Yeah. Uh, you know, and replicate that basically for this show in a much wider scale uh, and really delve into some real big topics within our community. Yeah, because I guess we asked them more questions than we normally would do. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a cross-examination yeah, when exactly. our friends. Um, but also, it, I think it, it can be quite a sensitive subject. And so it was it was nice that we already had that rapport so that we could make them feel comfortable talking about it as well. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it can be quite difficult, the things that they've experienced and the things they've been through. Yeah. Um, and so... Hopefully, they felt comfortable talking to us. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, um, uh, like, delighted by the level of openness uh, from, from all our guests. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's, it's easy to shy away from talking about div- love after divorce or talking about divorce. Yeah. Or talking about the bad experiences from online dating. Yeah. You know, or some of the like, horror stories that you might get from uh, matchmaking people, you know, or like give us the real home truths about our relationship with yeah, our strengths exactly. or weaknesses. Um, but it was a real open, honest discussion. And and I think that's the reason what so many people have related to these shows and given us such awesome feedback mm-hmm. because of it. Um, and so that's something that we obviously want to carry on and we want to continue having these kind of, you know, dynamic programming uh, to ensure we give the best content to our listeners. Yes. So we're just going to interview our friends from now on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or make friends with every celebrity out there. And so it feels like the rest of our shows are with our friends. But talking about friends, the very first show of the month of love was with a friend, as mentioned. Yes, very old friend. Yes, Kuldeep Bra, who is... A true strengths explorer. She tells you what your strengths are. Basically, yes. yes. Um, But to get to that point is a very in-depth process. It is indeed. There was a lot of information that we found out. Mm. And it was uh, eye-opening. I was was literally thinking you were saying it was very interesting. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was very interesting. I love, I love a bit of self-analysis. I'm yeah. a big fan. Mm. And so um, this is right up my street. Yep, yep. Not so much up yours. No, obviously, like we, we as we discussed on the show, this was a, a, an exercise that took a lot of arm wrangling for me to get involved with. Uh, there was a lot of reluctance on my side, obviously, as a lot of these things are. But looking back on it, I am glad I undertook this, not even experiment, I'd say this... Um, bit of research. Bit of research, this analysis. Yes. There you go. Um, and we got a chance to speak to Kuldeep about it. We did. And she explained how it all works. What's the point of doing this? Mm. How does this mean... How, what does this mean for your relationship dynamic and what you should be looking for in a relationship? And I think that that was very insightful as to the power of understanding yourself and doing self-analysis mm. and how that can benefit you when you are looking for a relationship and once you're in it as well. And she explains how it all works in this clip. So, um, obviously, um, I know from before anyway so and being a friend she naturally has some strengths in common with me but her archetype in my model is that she's someone who's naturally open and warm so that's mm. someone who is so, so open is my green kind of set strength so open is about being curious um, always looking to change things always being distracted by things and kind yes. of you know a forward-looking energy um, and, and um, you know, drawn to the new and the positive, let's say. And her second um, archetype is red. And that, that as the colour suggests, is about warmth. It's about um, caring about people. It's about investing in relationships. Um, and the, the contrast to your good self, sir, is that mm -hmm. you start with a point of your um, initial way of engaging with the world is very loyal. I so, I yeah, uh, and it's opposite to open um, because mm -hmm. loyal is about protecting what you've already invested in. It's doing things properly, carefully, in a considered way. Mm -hmm. It's not throwing the baby or bag puss out with the bathwater. It's really <laughs> being cautious <laughs> about change. Um, and it's about protecting and um, looking after the things that matter to you and the people you love. And your second way of relating to the world is also about warmth and it's about the deeper relationships. But your first way of connecting to the world is about your network is about your community it's about your tribe yeah, um, sure. so it's a slightly different way of connecting to the world so on first impressions you guys are quite different you know it bro <laughs> because obviously um for people that have heard us uh, on uh, close to 90 episodes of this show would know from our initial meeting uh, as two people that we hated each other um, and it took a long time for us to even be friendly to each other, let alone be in a relationship, let alone be married for seven years. And when we say long time, we mean like years. Yeah, uh, because yeah, I, I absolutely did not, did not like Jojo B and the feeling was very, very mutual. To be fair, I was quite indifferent to you. I didn't like what you, what you were about. Mm. But as, as you as a person, I just didn't care. Because yeah, you, my, you weren't in well. my sphere of like, you weren't one of my people. So yeah, exactly. And you weren't be, would, the kind of person that I would socialize with or hang around with yeah um so um that makes um absolute sense to us in terms of surprised. first impressions yes, yes that yes. makes yeah. complete sense yeah totally <laughs> well i guess the, <laughs> yeah. interesting thing, the interesting thing is that people who have lots of strengths in common don't connect 
you don't have a spark. So the more strengths you have in common, the less chemistry you have. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. So if I was... So if it's I, like if, dating yourself, I guess, isn't it? That's weird. Yeah, it's um, exactly like dating yourself. Yeah, but is, so if I if I so if I had the, the sort of the loyal characteristics, if Jojo B had that as well, then would we clash? Not necessarily. It's it's how many strengths you have in common. So each of those um, colors have five strengths in them, right? And you they won't all be high for you. You'll have um you'll have some strengths at higher of it, than right? yeah. Okay. So for example, Himesh, you've got tribal and social intelligence as as some loyal strengths that are really important to you. So you're really good at um building and maintaining um and looking after your community, which is kind of part of your job anyway. Yep. And a strength that you've got, which is social intelligence, which actually mirrors one of Jyoti's strengths uh, to do with innovation, is social intelligence. And that's about being interested in people, almost like subjects. You're happy mm-hmm. to put yourself I second. And <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's actually you have it in your top 10 as well. And you're happy to put your ego second and just listen and be curious and ask questions an interview which is kind of what we're doing here mm-hmm. um, so that's that's something you're quite good at um but if you had someone who had exactly the same strengths as you and I have many friends who have exactly the same strengths as me and they're great friends but um and, and some of those friends are male uh, and I met them before I met Billy and there was no chemistry because it, oh, okay. at times it was like talking to myself and we're all self-critical right, yeah. it's natural so you need a bit of difference to create chemistry Mm. But if you're completely opposite, you'll turn each other off. That really surprised me, but at the same time, kind of made complete sense. Having the same strengths as your other half is actually more of a hindrance than it is something that works. Because I think, in essence, basically, what we're trying to say is, in the confines of a relationship, it's it's almost a, a jigsaw puzzle. And how each of your different elements combine to actually piece everything together. Yeah. Whereas if there was two big pieces, very, very similar, it's, it, they're not going to fit. And so it's amazing to see that within our relationship, because I always kind of thought that, oh, there's some things that we, we have in common. There's loads of things that we're very different on. Yeah. And is that something that is detrimental to our relationship? And in actual fact... It's the reason why we've lasted and could continue to last in comparison to a lot of other relationships that we've seen where couples have been very similar and they've actually, yeah, it's crazy how they're they're actually no longer together because of it. Yeah, and I think that's because where we have shared strengths, one or two shared strengths that we've got, (laughs) yeah, yeah. food and (laughs) (laughs) It helps us work as a team because we have, that means we have, you know, share values around that strength and we have a common outlook around that strength and we can that means we can work as a team yeah but where we are different which is in all the other strengths there's more differences than there is as you said um commonalities Mm. uh where we're different it means that we still remain our individual selves so we don't get lost in a relationship we don't try and bend to what the other one wants yes we'll make compromises where we have to mm. but or we'll kind of figure out a way that works best for us i think compromises is not the right way of saying Compr- it when you say compromise it feels like we just we've just settled and just having to deal with each other to get through life exactly what we do is we we work together on with our shared strengths 
to figure out how we navigate our differences. Yeah, exactly. And, and to find the best possible solution for it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, sometimes that does mean that, like, I will be like, all right, all right, you can have your own way. Or you will be like that with me. Yeah. But we will, we make room for that as well as making room for finding a way that works for both of us. Yeah. And I think that's what the essence of what her model is saying is that actually if you have those shared strengths, you use those to make the differences workable Yeah. in a way that still makes you happy, but still allows you to be an individual person who can you know, go and pursue their interests. Yeah. Like you do your music stuff and I leave you to it. You do your wrestling stuff and yeah, I leave you to it. Not do wrestling, but you're into your <laughs> yeah. wrestling. So you watch it, you collect, you know, you do all that stuff. And I do my stuff where I like to learn things and I, you know, and I'll go and listen to podcasts about ancient Greek myths and things. Yeah. And that is our own thing. And we respect that about each other. Yeah. And I think that's what makes me happy in our relationship is that we have that space yeah because i feel that if we were both into the same things or all those things we'd lose the fundamentals of what our relationship basically is about yeah and also like imagine we've been in each other's pockets for the last 18 months or however long it's been now for this pandemic right the only way that i think we've stayed sane given that we live in like a few rooms and we're always together is that we have those separate interests. Yeah. So we can actually escape, if not physically, but mentally, we can escape into those other worlds and just have our own space and do our own Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Giving each other that space and having that own, that t- that me time away from the relationship, away from the family dynamic, mm. uh, you know, away from parenting and just like the day-to-day rigors of life has actually been really, really like rejuvenating almost in a way because it gives us that that sense of like not only having some time to yourself to kind of reflect on things but it in a time when you're constantly confined for such a long period you can start to get really irritable within each other as well yeah no matter how much you love each other you will wind each other up yeah and we have survived because we have been able to escape like that but also we have also survived because we like being around each other. Yeah, completely. And we like being in each other's company. And and that's because we don't get so lost in each other's company. We don't get so stuck together at the yeah, hip. Yeah, of course. That we then have to be like, oh, God. When, you know, when we, <laughs> we have to, you know, in the evenings when we're chilling out together, we can enjoyably do so. Yeah. Even though we've spent the day together because... Yes, we've been doing our own work and stuff like that. But we also know that actually if we can't be asked to sit together and watch something together on TV, I've got something that I'll watch in the other room and you've got something that you'll watch in this room. You know, we've got our separate Netflix accounts. Yeah, of course. Totally, totally. (laughs) You know, it works. And it's it's a very like silly example but that's what works you like what you like on netflix i like what i like and then we have a joint one as well where the stuff that we like watching together and that's how our relationship works with everything that you know comes into it and all our different interests and stuff and that was also something that was really reflective from that show like like living the life and being within the confines of that married bubble it's easy just to get through like life just by carrying on as the way you are Mm. but having someone an outside party looking into it and analyzing it that in such a in-depth way was quite enlightening but more so reassuring that what we're doing 
is on the right path. Yeah, it's way. working. Yeah. But it also, yeah, it's why we work. Mm. So we're not consciously doing any of those things. It's why we work because that's just who we are as people. Yeah. Which is really interesting if you're single to if you've never really done that level of self-analysis to then be able to do that and really deep dive into what makes you tick and how you work and what your strengths are in this world so that you can then go out and look for someone who might have who might share some of those strengths but also at the same time fill in the gaps yeah yeah for sure you yeah. know and and have someone because i think what i the what works for us is that we ground each other yeah of course, in one of course. way or another you know like we'll just kind of bring each other back down to earth when <laughs> you know what i'm like yeah of course of course rain <laughs> in that parade basically yeah but and also i, I think and I'll like, do that for you as well though yeah no completely but it's also because we allow ourselves to be ourselves you know yes. and i think that's the most important thing with our, within the confines of our relationship we don't have to pretend to be anything else yes we are who we are and we allow ourselves to be that we could talk complete bollocks one day and it <laughs> and there's no like sense of like judgment or like you know this yeah. is this is like you know this is who we are you know when we do what we say in our tins we've embraced that basically about each other yeah we are at our rawest form with each other yeah I think everyone else gets a slight veneer. Of course. Whereas with each other, we're able to be the the most raw, open version of ourselves. Completely. And not live in fear that the other one's going to walk off. (laughs) (laughs) And that doesn't mean that we're like awful to each other or anything like that. That just means that I'm so comfortable that I can say how I feel if I'm hurt or if I'm happy or whatever those things are and I have feel no I don't feel embarrassed yeah of course and and I had always felt embarrassed before with other relationships so this is like I think that's that's what you need to be at you need to be at your most comfortable yeah yeah of course and you need to feel like you still want the other person <laughs> but that's the <laughs> even thing, after all that because I could be as raw as I like with you but I still want to be with you and i want you to be with me Mm. so there still has to be that there as well yeah that special thing called chemistry that special thing called chemistry which is not easy to find and uh, it's one of those things where unfortunately for so many singletons uh finding that chemistry has proved to be a bit of a challenging and and difficult and sometimes painstaking task. Mm. And that's the reason why we wanted to speak to our single friends about that that task and that search. You know, when we're talking about the search for love within this month, the actual process of looking and finding that is, is probably the most encompassing. And so our second show was about the world of online dating. Mm. Um, or just dating in general, but obviously online dating being the, the biggest platform currently to to find that special someone. Um, and it was like, yeah, it just, Jojo B said at the time, it was quite a shocking um, show. And I kind of, I was a bit, you know, sort of set back by kind of like, what is she talking about here? But in essence, basically, the kind of things that some of our friends have to deal with and the kind of people that they come across and when trying to look for love and trying to, you know, you know, when, when you when you throw yourselves out there emotionally and you put all the emotions on the table and 
because of that and stuff, you're at the the mercy of the internet. And unfortunately, not everyone goes into the internet with, you know, positive intentions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm laughing because... It's this, not funny, Jessica. No, it's I'm really, laughing because really the vast sad. majority do not go into it with good intentions. In fact, it's been... Uh, if you listen to that show, which I hope you have done... Um, just the the horrors of it all yeah. and just how poorly people treat other people yeah and yeah. they think that that's okay and it seems to have become some sort of norm to be that shit yeah i was kind of like i was you know when when we first decided to speak to a couple of our, our single friends um about the world of online dating i kind of figured that there was going to be a lot of horror stories and and you know sort of some um negative experiences um but it was just like the the level and the 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 madness that ensues um and some of the stories which you kind of you know the kind of things you see on like extreme tv soaps and kind (laughs) of that kind of shit and you're just like yeah this actually happens and not everyone's experiences are the same but these are things that we've obviously always heard in our life from some of our single friends and you know you look at it from an outside perspective looking in and you're just like does this actually happen does this actually exist it was really eye-opening and you know we were lucky enough to speak to a couple of our friends Priya and Bina about this and Bina herself actually spoke in detail about her thoughts on chemistry and exactly what that entails because you're right you can't gauge that chemistry from I think there's different I think there's different levels of chemistry so for me I don't I'm not that person that wants to go on a million first dates I don't want to go meet a million different people Um, I don't want to spend three or four days a week meeting three or four who has the time (laughs) the money is expensive oh my god it's an exhausting the inclination as well like I just don't have the energy to do so I'm probably very kind of not cutthroat, but super selective. And that's all based on conversation. Mm. So like guys that I've dated, if you put them in a lineup, you wouldn't physically say that they've got loads in common because I very much base this on uh, personality or chemistry through conversation. But yes, definitely does that translate in person? Not always. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it comes after. Um, but I think it's different levels of chemistry and that's why conversation is so important. And that's why online dating is so difficult because most, and I, it's, it's hard to not make a generalization. And I used to think it was just me, but when you're a single female, you meet a lot of other single females and you talk to a lot, a lot of other single females. And I realized that it's not just me. This is a general thing. Mm-hmm. Men are terrible at conversation online or they're just lazy because they know that the pool is really big to pick from. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't work out with one, no matter how kind of amazing she might come across, there will easily be another one. So mm-hmm. there's a huge kind of lack of effort. So it does make it more difficult. This is why I try and avoid online, but it's not, it's not easy to avoid because you do feel like you should be doing something. You know, if you speak to couples if you speak to family they're like you know well you have to be in it to win it and then somebody else will say to you well you know spend your spend your life loving yourself and it will come to you so it's like okay well 
actually maybe not, don't tell me what to do. If you haven't experienced this, it is extremely complicated and it should be, but it is. Um, and it is really difficult. So chemistry, um, for me, I can gauge to a certain degree over the phone, but I don't spend ages texting someone. I'll have conversations with them. I'll even FaceTime them. I have no problem FaceTiming them. And then I will decide whether I want to go out of my way to meet them. That point that Bina makes there about, <laughs> about the big pool of people to mm. choose from, and that being the reason that it gives it gives people the opportunity to be shit to to someone because then there's always going to be someone else that they could be nice to yeah and you know and and that shitness can just come from not making the effort or not giving them the courtesy of actually like you know um just saying you know what this is not going to work out and then moving on yeah. just being ghosted instead you know like just that kind of thing that lack of courtesy and that common kind of just being nice, just mm. being like, just being good to someone by saying, you know what, we had a good conversation, but it's not going to work out. So we're going to move on now. Yeah. That doesn't exist because people don't feel like they have to do it because there's so many other people out there. They probably won't come back around to you again. Yeah. 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 It's mad how like, cause the, you know, they were talking about the ratios of, of guys to girls and there is a bigger number of girls, you know, on online dating, you know, looking for love. Gen looking for genuine love versus the kind of the guys that are only in it for casual sometimes and obviously being a discussed like married men obviously that are on these sites etc oh my god um it just I, I i didn't want people to listen to that show and and just be disheartened by the online dating mm. industry as a whole and i think you know i would have loved to have had like a, a guy on there just to give another perspective from a guy looking for love that would have potentially gone down the same route as the girls and in, encountered similar experiences to the girls. Yeah. To to show that basically this happens on on both sides, and you know, like whether you're a, a guy or a girl, bad people are bad people. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, no, that that definitely exists. You know, and so you know, because I remember like when I was single, and then like a lot of my single friends at the time were also. Like they, I didn't never really got got into online dating. They were mm. actively looking, and they'd encountered um, not crazy similar experiences that the girls did, obviously. Um, but ghosting exists, um, you know. Like obviously organizing dates, and then dates obviously just not turning up on a few occasions yeah. with them and stuff. The point was basically to show people like that there is a lot of hard work unfortunately that we that needs to be undertaken yeah. in order to find love and so you have to throw yourself out there it's so many different uh you know platforms and processes and yeah. mediums in order to make that happen but i guess when you've had so many negative experiences mm. and you've had so many people where you have just had conversations and it has seemed like it was going well you might have even had a date and it seemed like it was going well and then yeah. they just disappear so for then you to be the person that puts yourself out there and says you know hey do you want to go on a date to the next person yeah it's very difficult because you and and like you you take all of that with you as, and i think bina said this yeah in, she did mention this, um that you take all of that previous bad experience unfortunately you carry it with you yeah because course. how someone else has treated you before will affect your confidence it will make you see yourself in a different way 
And it's much easier to hold on to the negative things that happen to you in the yeah. way that someone has negatively treated you versus when someone's treated you well. Yeah, of course. Because of course. if, and, and usually it outweighs itself, unfortunately, in favor of negativity mm. um, in terms of the number of experiences you have when you have to go through it so many times with so many different people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, like that, can make it hard for, for you to be the person. And this goes for guys as well. I'm sure this happens to guys where they're just like, I don't want to make the first move because, you know, I did that last time and I got rejected in this way or that way. And, you know, and I was treated really badly. So I think um, for both sexes, making the first move can be very difficult when yeah. the world of online dating or app dating is just such a cutthroat world. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, cutthroat being obviously the the operative word there. It's um yeah, it's I think I, I think for us like outside looking in, you know, we're trying to make it a positive experience in terms of like looking at the positive aspects potentially of online dating. Yeah. And I think by by the end of it and stuff there is, you know, you saw that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done like within online dating to make it a bit more of a uh, a positive experience for the people looking in um, because even when we ask the girls about talk to us about your positive experiences you know I think most like you know the thing that would kind of most disheartening for me was was being a talking about a positive experience but then saying but at the end of it I still got ghosted you know it still didn't lead anywhere yeah. you know and so then you're just like you know for so many people uh, singletons out there within our communities looking for love you know, it's still it's it can be quite a you know like a demoralizing process. It's brutal. It's yeah. really brutal, and I think it takes its toll. And I know lots of people who then just go, "I'm taking myself out of this game. Yeah, I'm just going to take a break from this." And I did that in the past when I was like on the the Rishta treadmill. Yeah, I just said to my parents, "I can't do this anymore. I need to take a break. Like mm. I can't keep trotting out the same lines, the same conversations, and answering the same questions day after day. You know, date after date. So I just took a break." They didn't like it, but I had to do it. And I think people in who are going through this process with mm. apps and stuff are having to do the same thing just to save themselves and save their sanity and make them and save their self-esteem. Yeah, sure. In a big exactly. Way they it, can take a massive beating. Yeah. And it's just really hard. So if you are out there and you're going through it all, you know, you have our sympathies. And we give you all the love and light and possible, all, yeah, all the strength, positivity, positive. of course. Yeah. And it is okay. Like I said, we, you know, as much as it, you know, people's experiences are all like, you know, individualistic and stuff. But you know, like we can't look at it all as doom and gloom. And I no. think it's it's crazy how both of us and the two of us, and we can speak about it, obviously having been married and stuff. But we kind of found each other when at the point where we really didn't want to be in relationships. And weren't looking for love or actively looking for love, yeah. you know. And it's weird how like sort of things happen. I know it's a cliche, but you know when you least expect it is when when things start to like take place in your life. And you know, I think like uh, Bina spoke about obviously like having some some self awareness and some self reflection and some self love, um, you know. And a lot of the time as well, it's like it's when you're at your most tranquil um and when you're at your most at peace and harmony with yourself um is when things just suddenly seems to happen within those realms of your life yeah but that's really irritating to hear when you're single Absolutely, yeah, completely, <laughs> that's the completely. kind of thing that you're like oh for fuck's 
fuck's sake, can someone stop? Can you just stop saying that to me? Can someone just tell me that I'm going to turn the corner and bump into Mr. Right or Mrs. Right? Totally. You know, like that. And I, I, honestly, I, when I was single, I would I'd say exactly the same thing when people said the same thing to me. Yeah. You know? And so that's the reason why we emphasize that we are not at all like love experts or relationship no. experts. We are just there to give people a voice. We had our shit voice... experiences and yes. at the end of it, found a positive experience. Came out the other side. Yeah. And lots of people get married through these apps and lots of people just, you know, give up on the apps and then go back into the real world and manage to find somebody. But it's hard because we're in a pandemic and it's really difficult to find yeah. someone on the tube. <laughs> yeah. You Let's know? hope by the month of love 2022 that it's a it's a whole different world uh, compared to what we've seen in the last couple of years. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Right. When we're back on the other side of this break... We'll be looking at episodes three and four of the Month of Love series, Matchmaking and Love After Divorce. See you on the other side, people. On the other side, on the final furlong of the month of love, season finale of the month of love. Don't let it end. All good things do come to an end, Jojo no. B, um, as this show will. Obviously, we're still carrying Native Immigrants, but the month of love does come to a close. And we're going to be closing it out by looking at the previous two episodes. Yes, we are. Yes. So episode three of the month of love was all about matchmaking. The lovely Sook. Yes, Sook of Matched by Sook Ko, yeah. the appropriately titled, <laughs> um, joined us uh, to talk about matchmaking. We obviously know about matchmaking being in the South Asian community and having watched India matchmaking. Yes, having lived through Rishtas. As well, yeah. Well, yeah. Some, this is something that Jojo B had a lot more experience in than I did. Yes. I, I have had, I think, one kind of set up through family. Or the, the two. Two, like, girls that my mum gave me numbers for to speak to. <laughs> and didn't she give you a number for a third one who ended up being, being one of the, the other ones? Yeah, one of being the first girl. <laughs> she was like, I found another one for you. And then so I was like, oh, okay. And then she gave me the number and it was the same number as like, the, I was like, mom, this is the same number as the other girl. This is the level of attention that our parents pay when it comes to setting us up. Yeah. But you know what? It's crazy. She was just, the way she kind of like worded it to me was like, well, this is the pool you got to work with to choose one of these chicks. I was like. A pool of two. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was like, like out of the plethora of women, like I was only like, like valued for two or three of them um but yeah so i i quickly like kind of nipped the whole matchmaking thing in the bud and kind of just carried on my life as normal but a lot of people have met their other halves through setups and through matchmakers yes, yes. um in their respective communities yes they have <laughs> i'm just thinking my parents have been married for nearly 50 years and they were set up yeah they were match made yes they were they met and then a week later got married well there you go yeah 
And they're, they're, they're looking at rocking still, what, 40-odd years? It's going to be 49 years this year. There you go. Almost 50 years of marriage. Uh, so, it, in essence, it does work mm-hmm. in that generation. But today, in modern society, does mm-hmm. matchmaking still hold any relevance? And so this is what we wanted to speak to Sook about, in essence. Especially now talking about the pandemic and talking about you know covid and how much of a challenge it's been to to set people up it's been a challenge to date online even harder basically to get two singletons together that can't even spend any time together and also if we go back to what the girl said about just how shitty it seems to be out there on apps Mm. is this a good alternative yeah exactly exactly it's, it's that human touch again rather than like weird algorithms and stuff yeah because i if i'm honest the whole matchmaking thing for me is something that for a lot of our community is also something that's still frowned upon in a way it's always looked as like this passe mentality way of getting yeah. getting together with somebody backwards yeah and so you know like the whole like wanting to be modern is is almost turning your back to those traditional values you know such yeah. as things like matchmaking and and gundalis and and all these things that were so so prevalent with our community i mean basically it's just someone introducing you to somebody else because your friends and your family are useless at trying to find you someone that you might like yeah because otherwise like blind dates were always a thing whether they were in our culture in terms of the traditional kind of arranged marriage or introduced mm. marriage or whatever or you know just in western culture where people used to go on or still do go on blind dates i mean Apps are just blind dates arranged by a bit of technology. Exactly. This is just, like I said, putting the human touch in it instead. And, you know, this person, you talk to them and you tell them very frankly what you're looking for. As Suk told us, some people are very frank about what they're looking for. And then they do their best to find someone who they think would be on a level with you. I think what was really important when talking to Suk was trying to get away from the sort of stereotypes and things that we saw on Indian matchmaking on Netflix. Yeah. Because for me, and I spoke to her about that on that show, was sometimes those kind of things having a detrimental effect on not just like the matchmaking business as a whole, but also on our culture and our communities as well. Yeah, because in the show it highlighted that you know, casteism still exists, colorism exists, exists exactly. you know, all that kind of terrible, what seems like superficial stuff, but that has such a kind of sinister impact on society as a whole. Yeah. Those things still exist over there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But they also actually existed here and in America as well, as, as the show highlighted. And that actually what Sook's trying to do is move away from that and not really... Ha- pay any attention to any of that kind of stuff and just genuinely bring together two people that could be well matched because you know they have shared values and shared wants and needs um yeah and shared strengths as Kuldeep mentioned so it's those things that I think she tries to put people together with Hmm. rather than oh yeah, you know, this person's the same cast as that person or this person is the right shade of whatever, brown. Yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. 
they're wheatish or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of bubbly. yeah, that kind of nonsense stuff is not what she builds her business on. Yeah. And um, I think one thing that was really important from that talk, and I think that what I got out of it most when, when when speaking to her, was the whole emphasis on trying to find someone that you need rather than someone that you want. I think I spent pretty much most of my 20s looking for something I wanted. Yeah. You know, I think it was just people out of desire more than anything else. Yeah, it's that but, superficial stuff. I want yeah, them to completely. be like this and look like that and, you know, have this kind of hair and yeah, shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Um, I also, yeah, we're looking at the same things. I don't, <laughs> I don't but, you know, you could um, look at like legs, bum, hips, boobs, whatever. I mean, like it's young. the same stuff, I isn't mean, it? You're young, isn't it? That's, that's what being young is all about. It's true. And, and I think that's the same as guys and girls and stuff at that, in that age group. You're, yeah. you're constantly looking for things that you want. You know, rather than thinking potential long term, a lot of the time anyway. Mm. But, you know, I think the older you get, you realize more and more what you need. Mm-hmm. And I think and, and in, in this instance is with with Sook is helping people realize what they want or what they need rather than what they want. Yes. And that's something that she discussed on this clip here. I don't sign everyone on for my active headhunting. Mm. I understand you. I want to know your dating style, where you are. And if I pick up on something that I feel may be a red flag in what you're doing, then I'll have a conversation with you about it. I was talking to one particular gentleman and he just said, I can tell the first time if a girl's not right for me. And I said, but why? How do you know? And he goes, "I, I just can't see myself marrying her. Why are you thinking that far ahead? Why are you forcing it dating is a process it's a journey and it needs to be enjoyed you have to invest and be present in every single day don't sit opposite someone thinking can this be the mother of my children Mm. can she make can she make her can she make a for me or can he go out to work whilst i stay at home no do you actually get on have a drink with this person and think at least just baby steps do i even want to go to dinner with this person again yeah don't think can i see myself marrying them think after your drink would i like to spend dinner with this person Mm. and then from there would i like to spend the day from this with this person and so on that is how you have to date and i think we do i think our society certainly the south asian community has a lot of pressure and that stigma is still kind of there for us for a lot of south asians where we do think that far ahead yes but at the same time we are evolving, you know, the new, the, the generation, uh, the, the current generation that are invest are investing in themselves. Majority of my clients are early 30s who have spent their 20s studying. And now they're all established in their 30s. They're high net worth individuals and they're ready to settle down. So they are ready to take that pace. They're ready to be committed. And it is a process and you really do have to enjoy it. And I do always have those conversations with my clients to see their dating style. And, you know, some of them aren't confident with dating because they haven't been so active with it. So I have a dating coach I work with. I have stylists I work with to really empower you with your dating journey. As I say, I'm not just about, I can't guarantee love. I can certainly guarantee the recommendations and the profiles. The chemistry is up to you guys, but I want you to feel empowered that, you know, if you if you when we part ways that you've got a different outlook on dating and I want you to be able to enjoy it as well, because it should be fun. 
that's such an important point that she's made with the fact that you can sit in your date and just start thinking like 50 steps ahead of where you should be mm. instead of actually just being present and in the moment and enjoying the company of a person that's sitting opposite you and trying to get to know them because getting to know them is the only way that you'll ever actually find out if they're the one that you should be with yeah well otherwise if you're just sitting there going could i marry this person could i have this person's baby or whatever like you're just looking at their face and trying to make that judgment without listening to anything that's coming out their mouth because your brain is having its own internal conversation and you're not paying attention to anything that they're about and so then also then how are you ever going to find chemistry if you're not if you're not there if you're not there and trying to interact with that person on a level of i just want to get to know them and see what they're about You'll never have any like playfulness. You'll never have any fun because you're not you're not there to get to know them. You're there to like be married tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Well, it's that's crazy. It's, it's, I think that's but that's the that's the difference between you know like wanting to get into a relationship or wanting to be married. And I think when you differentiate the two of those, is is basically in essence the kind of people that don't have as much luck in finding love because we forget that it's a marathon and not the not a sprint yeah and there is a, a process with this and it's a it's a long-term process and yeah you can think long-term about these things and you have to think long-term about these things yeah but to develop love you have to be there in the moment and have that experience and the little things uh, on a day-to-day basis yeah. and take each day as it comes. Um, and it's it's difficult because, yes, you want all these things and, yes, you want that end goal and that long-term goal. Yeah. But it's all baby steps. Yeah. I think what happens is that, obviously, you can have a number of relationships and you can see that some of them could go somewhere and then they don't. And then you get so ground down by that. And you're just like, I just, I I don't want to be in that relationship, another one, and feel like it could go somewhere and then it doesn't because the other yeah. person runs off or because, you know, we figure out that we're not right for each other or whatever. But I, you have to go through that process because if you do, if you did just meet today and then get married tomorrow, you know, like married at first sight, yeah. you know, like then if you don't have that process of getting to know each other, you you might just end up divorced because you haven't spent that time getting to know each other. Whereas if you'd realized that earlier, you could have ended a relationship that would have saved you a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of money, (laughs) basically. And and it wouldn't waste your time. Do you know what I mean? So as much as you don't want to go through it and be like, oh, it's another relationship. And it's, you know, I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if I'm going to get married. I just want to know if I'm going to get married or not to this person. Like, that's what's going on. Because I've been through that. I'm, 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 just, I'm listening to all that. And I'm just like, that's exactly how I felt for like most of my like late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you've got long-term relationships and you've done like you've gone through all that basically with them and then those things end Mm. and you're like in what in essence should be like a fun process it's it it can feel a bit just like do i have to do that all again with somebody else you know and it's like you know you've done all that and you put all the hard work in to come to a point of like 
you know, like we're talking about that comfortability and that, yeah. like, you know, you're you're able to be who you want and, yeah. you know, without having to play a role almost in a way, you know, because you know, you, if I was myself, like the way I am right now on my first date, I would never find love. Yeah. The best version of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And like I've I've done that. I've been there and done that. And then so you're like, you've come out the other side, like, right, I don't have to kind of, you know, just like play along with the the rituals of this this uh, uh of the dating world in a in a way um, but it took us time to get there it took us time getting to know each other it took us t- a lot of arguments and it took us a lot of work to get to a point. point where we were like i can be the worst version or the best version or just a version of myself without having to worry that you're gonna run out the door <laughs> no of course of course but that's what i mean but Imagine having to do that every time. Yes. And it's and I think that's why I have all the sympathy in the world yeah, for a lot absolutely. of our single friends. It's painful. But there's also a lot of joy that you miss by skipping all of that getting to know you stuff. No, for sure. Because that's the bit where you do get to not worry too much about the future. You do actually just get to enjoy and and be in the moment and find out the finding out about each other is one of the most fun processes. It can be difficult because you could be like, shit, I don't like this person. And you find that out. Yeah. Or you can find out, oh, you know, this person's really into this particular thing. Like, I don't know, like this kind of, this film. And I've never seen this film. Let's watch this film together and discover it. And I can learn something new about you. Or, yeah, you know, course. like you, you learn stuff about each other. And I think that's really, I found that a very fun process. No, it, no. If it, when, you're, when you're in it and when you're in the mode of it, mm. it is a very, very fun process when you've come out of a massive one like that and then trying to put your mindset into putting yourself in another one, that's a massive uphill task. I mean, we were both in that frame of mind when we got together and, you know, like we we were both just like, fuck relationships, fuck people. We don't like anyone. We'll never find anyone. And that's how we first started bonding because we would like, that's how our friendship came about is because we were just like, people are shit. Mm. Relationships are shit. And we never want to be in a relationship ever again. And then we slowly changed our mind about those things. Um, Because pain, pain is there and you have to feel it. And when a relationship ends, you have to grieve it. And you know, that kind that grief is a real grief. It's not like, the only type of grief you could ever possibly feel is because somebody passed away. Yeah. Actually, someone leaving your life is is something to grieve over. Yeah. And so you have to give yourself time to work that through that as well. And that's what we did. We didn't get together straight away, straight out of our relationships ending and us feeling the worst pain and, you know, and just hating life and hating people. We worked through it. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. mean, we helped each other through it in terms of like just being each other's sounding board and, and then going out and just discovering life again and having fun and you know going out and around and stuff we were friends so we did that for each other but you know if you can't do that with with someone who's gonna be your perspective of the half in the future you can still do it with your other friends and you can just you got to learn to enjoy life again so that you can find the joy in the process of meeting someone or when you're all with somebody and and being in a relationship with somebody yeah. you have to be able to find the moments of joy but if you can't find them in general because you're in this like then people's not going people aren't going to find any joy in you exactly <laughs> so. but no but also if you can't feel joy when you know just doing the most random things that you should enjoy that you've always enjoyed but you don't enjoy them anymore mm. 
then you won't find joy in something new like a relationship. Yeah, true. You know, that's not going to bring you joy. You have to find it again within yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's the point of grief. I mean, that's that's what I learned when I was in the midst of my postnatal depression. I think it makes the most sense in all in all aspects. You, you know, you have to enjoy life to be able to enjoy somebody else as well. Yeah, for sure. But one thing that did come off the back of that particular show was something that Sook said about successful older men versus successful older women. Yeah, That brought a lot of heated discussion uh, on social media uh, from a number of people when she um, described successful older business, almost kind of managerial Asian women yeah. as having masculine energy. Yes. Um, this is something a lot of people obviously disagreed with, um, made their feelings known, obviously, yeah. accordingly. Uh, what were your thoughts on this, Jojo B? Well, so I went and just looked up what masculine energy means versus feminine energy, because mm. I wasn't really that sure what it what it meant and what you know what are the connotations of those two terms. Right. Um, so masculine energy. Here's a list of terms that comes along with that: um, logical, strong forceful, assertive, mind-centered, analytical, emotionally guarded, um, and like to plan. Feminine energy is more about being creative and soft and nurturing and loving and peaceful. Passive is an interesting word. Right. Um, intuitive, emotional, free-flowing. Mm. So kind of the softer stuff, right. you know? Um, and, and I think that's where what she meant i don't want to put words into her mouth but what i take from it yeah. is that in terms of being successful and being the type of women that are probably you know yeah like kind of senior manager levels or you know entrepreneurs very successful entrepreneurs yeah. um and high earning is that they are in the kind of roles where they are required to be assertive and required to be um forceful and analytical and logical because that's how they are at work. Yeah. And so they're probably kind of spilled over into their personal life yeah, as well. Yeah, careers and, and personal lives are always intertwined. Yeah, and um, they're just assertive stage. about what they want. They're sure of what they want. They know what they want and they're not afraid to ask for it. Yeah, And I think maybe that's what it meant when mm. she said that. It's just how I would interpret that. But yes, though, you know, the idea that feminine energy is about being <laughs> passive could also be seen as quite... Uh, problematic yeah problematic probably is, is yeah word. and and so I can understand why there was pushback on that yeah no for sure and I think I've, you know we've got to look at the fact that Sook primarily um, specializes in seeking Hindu professionals um, and yes. so there are, will be a lot of people um, that are very industry driven that's reflective of her clientele yeah. Um, and and so I th I don't think she looked at it as a kind of generalization. Um, I probably didn't agree with her point about successful over women not being able to attract younger men, but older men uh, are are able to have whoever they want. Um, I don't yeah. think that quite. I mean, maybe she's seen that with her clientele. Yeah. But if you're thinking about if you're talking about the general kind of population, yeah. I think there is. There was a time when that might have been the the thinking, yeah. and that might have been actually the reality as well. Yeah. But it seems like that has changed. Mm, for sure. 
to the extent. I don't know how much it has changed. Yeah. But in general, the, the mentality is changing yeah. that that's not the case. And actually, you know, older men can't just get together with a 20 year old if they're like, mm. you know, in their late 40s or 50s or whatever. Yeah. That's not that's not something that is encouraged or <laughs> exactly or seen as as a what should be normal that you know it should be more age appropriate relationships and that kind of stuff but you know to each their own in terms of who they end up with no exactly the successful older woman should not be dismissed as being you know unattractive or you know unwanted by a younger man no of course or or, or intimidating in yes. that way you know and i think um you know it's, it's easy uh to to find yourself intimidated in that environment um you know with yeah. with someone that's a lot more successful than you whether that's a man or a woman um you know but when you're when you're looking for love and the search for love um those kind of things should be kind of yeah those inhibitions and those feelings should really be thrown out the window and be a bit more open and give yourself an open chance at, at something that might be something really really worthwhile yeah i think a lot of the time that she, she did try and get across the point that you if you're looking for somebody and you want to be on a level with someone, you're probably more likely to find that with it within an age group that's closer to your own. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. And that sometimes actually, you know, people are a little bit too narrow. And so she would try and open up their minds to kind of a broader age range, yes. but still within an appropriate kind of limit. Yeah. Rather than, um, you know, like, here's a 45 year old woman why don't we pair her with a 20 year old man I, like that's not how she operates no exactly so well that it just comes right back to her point which is probably the most important point of that show and even one of the most important points of this whole month of love which is um the realization of what you need rather than what you want yes and what she does primarily and is really focused on is trying to help people find the right person that they need and you know hence so she's not going to put uh, a 20 year old um man with a with a 45 to 50 year old woman yeah um you know based on the re respective needs of those two individuals yeah. and so you know it there is a lot of high, uh, guidance there's a lot of help there's a lot of um you know speaking to them very very openly very, very frankly about their potential criteria and where some of those things um could potentially work and some of them which which definitely won't yeah um but it's it's to get them to a point where they're more self-reflective about what they actually are looking for themselves yes um and and that's how she starts to pair people together and i think that's yeah. a really really important point and it was something that i i encourage if if anything um yeah. I, you know we we didn't realize what we wanted um you know for ages and it, and we found it is our needs that actually brought us closer together um and that's how we're here and that's how we're still together after yeah. all these years we had some very frank conversations about what we expected from the future and what we wanted from the future um and found that they matched yeah exactly and plus we we spoke on that first show recording we didn't like each other at all and mm. so we didn't we really wouldn't have wanted each other um you know for the longest time Based on first impressions, no. Yeah. Not and at all. For a, long, for a long time and stuff, you know. We, but, but if someone had paired us and we had just sat there and just had one date and just based it on the superficiality of that first date, yeah. 
we would never have got together. We wouldn't be married. We wouldn't have a child. What we did was we got to know each other. And that was when we realized that actually there was some compatibility there. Yeah. And we we wanted the same things. We needed the same thing. Need. Needed, yeah. And we provided what the other needed. Exactly. And not in a kind of like, I, here I am sacrificing myself to give you everything you need. Exactly. It was just that I had what he needed and he had what I needed. Exactly. And it, it worked. It clicked. It did. And it was still clicking ever since. Uh, and it doesn't look like we'll be clicking in the direction of any uh, paperwork or um, lawyers or custody battles anytime soon. But that was the basis of the previous episode, our penultimate episode of the month of love, yes, which was love after divorce. You say that with such like love after divorce. Yeah, love. Yeah, it's a big thing, man. (laughs) You know, it's something touch wood that neither of us have to experience. Fingers crossed. Going forward, but that's not to say that a lot of people haven't themselves. Well, you know, we know very, we know very many people who have gone through it yeah. and have successfully found love afterwards. Yeah. It's yeah, or I think it's um it's gone of the days where it's like you're divorced, well, that's the end of my my love so- story. That's the end of my love yeah. saga. Uh, you know, like I'm I'm done now and I'm just going to raise my kids myself or or just live a single life for the rest of my life because I've, you know, I've had my one shot at happiness and yeah. it, and I blew it. Um, yeah, those days are very much gone, thankfully. Uh, and because people are getting divorced younger and younger now, so you can't be like 35, 36 and be like, right, I'm going to remain single for the rest of my life because that's it for me. Yeah, the gone are the days when like you hit 40 and that's it, you're an old person. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, man. No, <laughs> um, yeah, but that's what they used to happen. Our parents were like, I'm yeah, 40 yeah. now. God knows when when I'm going to go now. Any yeah, day now, any day I now, could go. I'm gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Ed already planning their funerals at 45. Um, you know, God bless our older generation in that way. But divorce is something that's very prevalent within our community, prevalent across all of society, everywhere in the UK. 65% apparently, according to his statistics in that show. I swear. So basically, so... This is where this is where that stat came in. <laughs> it's second marriages. Sixty to sixty-five percent of second marriages end in divorce. Well, I mean, let's hope not, given the people that we were we were talking to in that show. Well, well, yeah, that's, that's sixty. It's still, you know, like there's still hope for this 30, 35 percent uh, of people. Um, we're with you. Yeah, exactly. We're with you all the way. Um, but that's where that stat came in. So apologies to all our listeners that got slightly bewildered by that stat. Um, but yeah, my bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, divorce. So we looked at love after divorce and we split it between push with us on one side. <laughs> push with us, yes. yes. And our boy Billy Bahia on one side. Who, yeah. He's a previously divorced man. Yes. On the search for love thereafter. Yeah. And Ush has actually dated a few divorced men herself. Yes. And she's currently in a relationship with a man who's divorced. Yeah. And she had some really interesting insights as to the difference of being in a relationship with a divorced man and being in a relationship with someone who's never been married before. 
what I found is that guys who have been through a marriage and have been in a relationship long term and are divorced, um, they've got a lot more respect. Um, they know how to treat a woman. Um, you know, whatever the breakdown might have been, I've never been treated badly by a divorced guy that I've dated. And I've dated three. I'm dating one at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I've never been treated badly by one whereas when I've dated um kind of you know the single guy around town it's I've always been kind of on edge about who else is he dating what is he doing who's he with because they've never been upfront and honest and told me where they're going or who they're going with there's always I'm out with the lads I'm out with the city boys I'm out with this you're just like "Mm, are you being genuinely uh, monogamous right now or are you just going out and doing your thing whereas with a divorce guy I think because they've been there and they've done that before, they have a lot more respect for you and they will tell you where they're, they're at or they'll, you know, they'll be like open and honest about what they're doing, which is amazing. And I haven't even asked for that. And um, maybe I have in the way I present myself, but um, that's what I found with the divorced guys that I've always been treated a lot better. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes from maturity. Um, one, having been in a, a big... Uh, emotional experience like divorce yeah uh that gets you through to the other side with a lot of i guess lessons learned um but also you become a lot of hardened from those kind of experiences as well meaning that by the time you do get to a point where you're um ready um in in wanting to get yourself engaged into a relationship um you are a lot more like headstrong uh and and reflect that basically in how you conduct yourself with the other party. Yeah, and I think um, this this topic of that self-reflection and that self-awareness has come up constantly through these shows mm. um, and being having that understanding of who you are and what you want. And I think when you've been through something like divorce, if you had a big relationship and you've been in a marriage and then you've gone through something like divorce, um, there's a lot of you know, lived experience there. There's a lot of sometimes some trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, almost definitely a lot of difficulty that's come with that because it's never easy getting divorced from someone. The process is very difficult. Um, But there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that makes you then think about, really think through what you want to do next. Yeah. How do you want to live your life? Because you don't want to repeat those mistakes again. Yes. You don't want to be miserable again you want to try and avoid that as much as you can so you want to you do the work on yourself you figure out what you need and what you want and you know as Suk said you realize what you need rather than what you want and sometimes I think in those those marriages I mean marriages end for various different reasons but a lot sometimes it can be because you've gone into something into a relationship with somebody that you wanted but Mm. maybe wasn't the best person for you wasn't the right person for you and so the next job then afterwards when you are looking for a new relationship is actually figuring out what you want but also what matters what read what you really need in your life what who's going to nourish you and nurture you and that you can do the same for yeah because you have to be in a partnership yeah exactly but it's it's also really great and and refreshing that there's no longer that um not stigma attached but there's you know in the past there was always a bit of an apprehension from people wanting to 
be involved in a relationship with a divorced person. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's a, a guy or a girl, um, you know, the emotional baggage, obviously, is something that's a, a cliche, but it, there is a lot that goes with that, you know, with someone that has been through, depending on the divorce and depending on how, um, you know, how, how miserable it was or, you know, it's it, it could have a big toll to take on that person's, um, you know, emotional being. Yeah. And so, you know, trying to piece that together while getting together with them um, can be difficult, you know. And so do you want to take all that on board for yourself in pursuing a relationship as well at the same time? From what it sounded like, though, from Usha's experiences, I mean, I'm sure there'll be people who've had bad experiences as well. But from Usha's experiences, the guys that she had dated that had that were divorced were they had actually dealt with their baggage. Mm. And I think that everyone comes with emotional baggage of some sort or another, especially if you've had relationships before. Yeah, true. And usually you don't deal with that baggage. You don't you just kind of move on to the next relationship and hope for the best. And actually these people have been through such a a big breakup in such a expensive style in such a emotionally difficult way yeah. you know and when you're married you know families are involved and all that kind of stuff it, it feels i guess maybe bigger than having a relationship where you were you didn't have that you know ring or the piece of paper kind of committing you to that person yeah um so when you go from a relationship to another relationship some people haven't done the work in yeah. between no, of course. to to kind of make themselves happy and fix themselves. <laughs> and yeah, then, I think also also time's a, a big healer as well at the same time. But I, I do get it that where where it's like because you've not allowed yourself to come to a realization of self peace, you're just wanting to think that getting into a relationship very quickly after something like a divorce yeah. is your way of fixing your emotional being, um, and that can work obviously to some extent but or, or the flip side of it is if that comes to an end then you're almost like you're still having to deal with the 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 big toll of the last previous breakup yeah. um that's still riding within your psyche yeah um at the end of it so it's it's really difficult um but you know kudos to all the divorcees who are putting themselves back out there um after a, a potential big big divorce um realizing that you know life does carry on and, and there is still a, a, a strong desire to find the right one you know yeah. the right love um thereafter and, and well done for doing the work as well on yourself yeah. to be ready to move on to beyond that divorce and onto a new relationship and that was you know so it was it was an interesting when we did the interviews it was really interesting to hear ush say that about the guys that she had dated that they had put the work in and they had tried to, you know, do that self-reflection and fixing themselves up and kind of understanding what they want. Not even fixing, but just understanding who they are and what they want. And then Billy, when we spoke to him, mm -hmm. said that was the process that he went through. Yeah, for that sure. That he took a big chunk of time out from not dating and just wanted to figure out who he was again in the, you know, in the world beyond his marriage. Yeah, so Billy was a previously divorced man. He's now found love, amazingly, with our guest from episode 
one of the month of love, Miss Kuldeep Bra. Yes. Um, and but he had a very difficult first marriage, uh, which he spoke about very openly, very frankly on our show. Yeah. Which uh, we're hugely grateful to him for allowing us to hear his story. And also, it was very relatable story, I think, for many people. Yeah. Um. It was a very South Asian story, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was great to see with Billy's story in particular that there was light at the end of the tunnel. But as he explained in this clip here, uh, the journey to get there was a difficult one, to say the least. I found it really hard to find people that wanted to connect through those media. And normally one of two things is either because... Outwardly, I present as a Sikh man wearing a turban, right? That was that was always one comment that I got back. Or it was to do with the fact that oh, I don't want to date a divorcee. Well, you sound great, but, you know, you're divorced and uh, I, I'd rather meet someone who, who hadn't, uh, hasn't been through that or hasn't been married before. It's as if almost you get a, a mark against you that you've had this bad experience. And, and divorce doesn't necessarily mean that either party were at fault it's just non-compatibility or that you were some kind of evil monster or that she was divorce could mean a lot of things in a lot of different scenarios to a lot of different yeah, people of course. And, and, and until you get to understand the individual or ask them what the circumstances might have been then you know it's really it's really harsh to judge someone who's been divorced so i i always found it a challenge to meet people of a similar cultural background so we were saying earlier about how, you know, the stigma seems to have lifted a little and, you know, people are more open, but still there is some still there. Mm. And I know that, you know, Billy's dating experience was a while ago, um, but I think that mentality still exists that people are resistant to dating someone that's been divorced because, as we said, you know, with the emotional baggage and stuff. So things have moved on slightly mm. but that hesitancy still exists i think yeah. within our community um and especially i think maybe in the younger age groups as well so if the divorce happens at a younger age maybe like in your early 30s yeah um then those people <laughs> that could potentially be your dating pool are seeing themselves as like well I don't. I don't need to start looking at divorced men yet. <laughs> yet, you know, yeah, I it get seems it, I to get be it. like an age thing. And then when they get closer to forty, then it's like, oh, okay, maybe I need to start thinking about it now because, mm. you know, people my age have probably, you know, some of them have been married before and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So of I course. think it gets, it gets not that it gets easier as you get older, but maybe people get more willing as they get older to consider it. Yeah, I think it's it's very like age specific for sure. Um, I think. I don't know, I just I, I might be talking complete um, gibberish here, but someone maybe in their mid-20s may be slightly more, potentially more hesitant compared to someone in their mid-30s. Yeah. Um, purely just from the fact that, like we mentioned on that show, by the time you do get to your mid-30s, late-30s, early-40s, mm. uh, you will be encountering a lot of people that have been divorced. Yeah within the the dating world the online dating world um people of that age group um who yeah would have had potentially one marriage uh beforehand and so you have to allow yourself to be a bit more open yeah um to to meeting people that have been divorced previously 
Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Like, you know, we're talking as if there's like them kind of, they've, they're all like covered in warts or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're, all, they're, <laughs> yeah. all, like, they're just like guys and girls. Um, for whatever reasons, things haven't worked out from one story. Yeah. And, and then moving on to the next one. Yeah. And it's just like Billy said, you know, you never know why someone's marriage ended. Mm. Um, and you won't know that until you start having a conversation with them and find yeah. out, or ask them what happened and, you know, understand why they've been through what they've been through. Yeah. They might not have been at fault. They may have been at fault, but they yeah. might not have been at fault. It might, nobody might have been at fault. Maybe it just was, was one of those things where you just weren't compatible for each other, whatever. They don't, you won't know about that person's history and why their marriage ended until you have the conversation with them. Yeah. So you can't judge them for having had a, you know, failed marriage as such. Yeah, of course. Um, you you have to give people the benefit of the doubt and you know chat to them yeah give them a chance i guess um uh, more than anything else um but you know what was very important with um the conversation with him was about having that big period away after his divorce with self-realization and self-reflection um and having a, a bit more like a, a prolonged me time period to to start to love yourself first before allowing himself to start loving other people yeah like he said he you know he said that he learned to ride a motorcycle yeah and then he went on a massive road trip with his best friend around america like he found the joy in life again yeah um and then felt after he did all of that that he might be ready to get back out there and put himself out there because dating is a very vulnerable thing mm. and if you've gone through a big hurt you don't want to make yourself vulnerable for a while you want to just kind of just cocoon you know, up, yeah. Yeah, put a shell around yourself, but also go out and have just have fun and not have to worry about someone else's feelings for a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And then when you're ready, you make yourself vulnerable again and you make yourself open to worrying about somebody else. And throw yourself back out there in the lion's den. Yeah. That is the search for love. The jungle. The jungle. Yes, indeed. So how has it been for you, Jojo B, these episodes encompassing all about love? Well, I think everyone knows that I don't want it to end. <laughs> I think I might have said that multiple times across all of the shows. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It's been really, really, I don't know, I know you're going to be laughing at me when I say this, interesting. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> no, but There's it has. other words in the, it's in the dictionary. It's been so insightful. It's been such a great journey into that world that we have nothing to do with anymore and understanding what our friends are going through because so many of our friends are single and we can sit there and we can listen to them and we can try and understand what they're going through um but it's hard for us because we're not in there we're not out there dealing with that bullshit yeah, that comes yeah. along with it that was you know beautifully highlighted by Priya and Bina um but it was it was it was the insight that we needed to understand what it's really like. Some of the yeah, stories exactly. that they told us were really shocking and things that we haven't heard before. And talking to to Kuldeep was just wonderful because mm -hmm. it, I love, like I said, all of that self analysis stuff and understanding what makes us work is a really good. It's a good thing because. As all relationships do, there are times where you have a bit of a rough patch. You're like, why am I in this? Why am I doing this? 
and you and like and having something like that gives you a good reminder of why you're doing this and why actually you can work your way out of it and how you can work your way out of rough yeah, patches yeah, yeah. and how you can make the most of your good times as well so that i found um really really exciting i was really excited about that yeah yeah no of course i think all these episodes have had like a sense of uh excitement in a way um because we're we're tapping into things that obviously like not to say we don't know enough about love we know a lot about love obviously being a married couple ourselves but the search for love in 2021 is a whole different like spectrum compared to what love was like in 2011 yeah you know and I think in order for us to get a better understanding and to learn more it, it was great to speak to the guys that are out there on you know on the frontiers you know mm. at, at, at the front of all of this crazy adventure um and and it is basically an adventure love is the like the biggest adventure and you know the the things that guys and girls have to go through and and are continuing to go through um day by day in order to search for love and i think they wouldn't people wouldn't put themselves out there and, and go through all this uh like crazy madness if it wasn't because of the real importance of love and how important and how uplifting that can be in your life. Yes. Uh, and that's in essence, what we wanted to focus on, I guess, with these shows is the, how important that is not just like, cause it's easy to say finding it, finding someone and finding someone to spend time with and being there to cuddle up with someone at the end of the day um, is, is your, is your only means of finding happiness. And absolutely. That's not the case. But the comfort and the warmth of love that is unlike anything else, basically, um, or a feeling unlike anything else that you would have in your life. Mm. And um, everyone wants a piece of that. We all want a piece of that. Whether you say, I want to spend the rest of your life single, um, you know, there is always going to be a desire and, and a need for wanting a, a, at least a piece of that, you mm -hmm. know um um uh, because it's unlike anything else um and you know seven and a half years of marriage in you know we joke about like every episode and stuff and we people hear our banter and they hear our our jokes and they hear like the things that we say to each other and the way we diss each other you like let's not get it twisted we have a very loving committed relationship you know and you know we've been through so much together and we'll continue to go through so much together and we've lasted longer than a lot of couples that we've seen across our time that have came in really headstrong and left just as headstrong on the way out. And we're yeah. still here because we're loving, because of everything that we're about in our strengths and, and our values, um, and which are really important. We're together because we need each other and obviously we want each other. But, you know, love is the reason why this podcast is where it's at today. Because people can see that in our conversations, hear that in our conversations. You know, we might come across like the way we are because that's who we are. But that's also the reason that we're together and the reason we're in love and the reason we are the native immigrants. Yes, there's many reasons. Exactly. And we just are interested in each other. And I think that's why we have a that interested in you. No, but we have that. <laughs> Bastard. You're doing so well there. Um, but that's why we have a podcast is because we're interested in each other and we're interested in what we have to say to each other. That's what I'm interested and in. And yes. you guys are 
you know, the bystanders of those conversations. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. you're welcome to join in those conversations. But we talk to each other on this podcast because we are interested in what the other has to say. Yeah. Don't necessarily agree with what the other has to say. Totally. But we're interested to hear what we have to say. Yes. Yes, we do. And we're glad that you're also interested in what we have to say. And we hope you have enjoyed our journey into the search for love in this month of love of September. And that is where it comes to a close. <laughs> Thank you all so much for all the listens we've had, all the amazing feedback we've had, all the brilliant guests that we've had in the last few shows. Obviously, this is not the end of the Native Immigrants. We'll be back to our two-week uh, schedule from the next episode, which will be on October the 13th now. So back to the regular two weeks uh, time slots uh, for the Native Immigrants. Um, but in the meantime, make sure you follow us on at the Native Immigrants podcast on Instagram and at Native Immigrants on Twitter with a single M. Uh, make sure you review and rate us on iTunes. If you enjoyed the month of love, please go on there, send us a review and a rating. Go onto Twitter, go onto your social media, Insta, whatever you use, and say, I've thoroughly enjoyed the Native Immigrants month of love season because that's what gets us seen. And uh, we'll continue to have those same conversations and more of these conversations. But we just want to see some support. Let's beat those algorithms. Exactly. Algorithms are screwing us up, but we're still finding a way to deliver you great, amazing content. Thanks to your awesome listenership. Well, that is it from September's Month of Love. We're back in two weeks' time as the Native immigrants are back to tackle all the hot topics of agenda. See you in two weeks' time, people. Peace.